Welcome to episode number 195 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brad Allen, Stephen Anders. We run down every game on the NFL slate. If you want to follow Brad at Brad Allen NFL, you want to follow Stephen at Stephen Anders one. You want to follow me at Matt Brown M2. If you're watching us over on the YouTubes one, welcome. Thank you. Go ahead. Hit that subscribe button while you're here. Going to be some very interesting takes this week, guys. Listen, if we're if if we don't have a lot on a game, if a game is just full with a ton of nonsense, we're just going to move on because we're not going to sit here and waste your time. We're not going to sit here and try and give you some. Uh, we're not going to filibuster on these games whenever there's there's no real take here to be had. Some of this stuff is really going to be right up until uh, the game kicks off before you really have any sort of idea. As to what's going to be going on, specifically 90 minutes, you know, before before game time, whenever you get those those final actives and inactives and things like that. So just keep in mind as we move through the games, there's going to be a, some here that that really we just don't have a ton on. Let's kick things off here on Saturday, though, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cleveland Browns talking about a game full of shenanigans. You have the Cleveland Browns, who at one time were favored by six and a half points in this game, now find themselves as point and a half underdogs to the Las Vegas Raiders, a total all the way down to 38 and a half in this game. You might be wondering, why is that the case? Well, the Browns have basically a whole starting unit that is not going to be playing in this game due to COVID. Baker Mayfield, guard Wyatt Teller, tackle Jedrick Wills, tight end Austin Hooper, wide receiver Jarvis Landry, defensive tackle Malik Jackson, safety John Johnson. All of these guys have been listed out well basically listed out we have not seen very many guys be able to test uh, test get the two negative tests uh in a sh- in a week much less in a short week so most of these guys considered to be out for this browns team did not affect the raiders as we sit right now which is why you find themselves as point and a half favorites brad one some people might look at this and say hey this team was six and a half point favorite it moves to a point and a half on the other side this is too big of a reaction. This is an overreaction. I would love your opinion. To me, I say to those people, there are literally going to be 10 backups out on the field for the Browns in this game, including the quarterback. And oh, by the way, Kevin Stefanski probably isn't going to be out there either because he's one of the guys that tested positive. So the head coach is going to be gone, who also is the play caller. So I I think it's an appropriate move. I think it's a right move, and um, I don't think it can be understated just how just how many guys are going to be out for this Browns team. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an unprecedented situation. Like it's going to be chaotic enough, as you say, like eleven starters or so out. But then you don't have the head coach there either. So you've, I mean, you've also got a backup quarterback trying to trying to figure it out too. So it, it's quite hard to. There's no real precedent for this at all. Um, I would say the entire, well, not the entire, three of the five starting offensive linemen are now out, essentially, um, with with the right tackle being injured as well. Mm. And that was what held this team together. You know, they they don't have a good quarterback anyway. They they don't have good receivers anyway. Now it's going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones and maybe Harrison Bryant at tight end. So like the offense, I think, is a mess, especially against this Raiders pass rush. Like you shouldn't forget they've got two of the best pass rushing defensive ends in the league going up against backup tackles now with no weapons down the field to kind of to help the backup quarterback out. So I can't see the Browns scoring many points. You know, the talk this week has been, oh, yeah, give it to Nick Chubb. But it's a different kettle of fish behind a backup offensive line. Um, now I also do a bit question whether the Raiders are going to score that many points um, because the Browns defense is, is less 
less slowed down, um, and they've still they've still got their. I guess they've still got Miles Garrett in there, um, the defensive player of the year, and the, the Raiders still have a bad offensive line. So, yeah, you, you can't go under thirty-eight and a half either. Um, I, I guess I would yeah, definitely lead Army Navy. Army Navy's playing yeah, again this I week. <laughs> yeah, I, I would lead lean Raiders because they're going to have a pretty much an NFL team out there, um, and I'm, I'm not sure that's the case for the Browns. Um, yeah, I don't know how you can back the Browns really. Yeah, I mean, if, if we look at this, Stephen, it's like you look and people are going to say, hey, man, you know, it's it's the it's the Raiders. They've been on this free fall. They've looked like total trash or whatever. But I mean, you know, you are going to be you are going to be. I mean, I didn't even mention Tack McKinley is another guy that's not going to be out there. Kareem Hunt is not going to be playing, not because of the covid situation, just because of an injury. So like there's they're, they're beat up on top of all of the covid situation, and everything that's going on right now. So. I just don't know. They don't have a tight end on the roster because between injuries and the COVID situation, they're going to have to go pull a tight end off of the practice squad or sign someone off the street. And so I actually think the one and a half, I mean, the one, there was a one available widely yesterday. I think the one and a half as we sit here on Thursday, I think is is probably a bit short, to be honest with you. Yeah. You just mentioned it's just not the COVID guys. It's the actual injury report too. I mean, they, yeah. they might not have a tight end of Harrison Bryant can plays limited back to back days that Joel Batonio, the guard limited back to back days, the center JC Treader limited back to back days on defense. Malik Jackson, Greg Newsom did not practice back to back days. It's a mess. It's a complete mess. So this is one of those situations where I think it's a great time to caution casual fans that you can't just look at the odds and a situation Mm -hmm. and apply it because on paper, this is a teaser leg dream to get the Browns up to seven and a half with a low total of 38 and a half. But our senior writer, Mo Nawara astutely notes that it's risky for all of the reasons we talked about. The variance here is crazy high. There literally is really no good way to figure out what the correct line is on a game in a situation like this. It's just the even projection systems are going to have a difficult time nailing down what the spread should be in a crazy, unprecedented situation like this. So and if you look at last year, the Browns were in a situation similar to this in terms of the circumstances, but not to this level. They didn't have their wide receivers because of COVID last year. They were six and a half point favorites to the lowly Jets and they lost the game. So mm-hmm. just that's at least sort of an apples to apples comparison. But long story short, there's really no way to have a good handicap on this game. It's not in my account yet, but I think before it's all said and done, I'll probably have at least a small piece of the Raiders uh, at a point and a half. It's yeah, just I get why. There's yeah. just too much. There's there's just too much for this Browns team, I think, to overcome in, in this situation. And so uh, I'll probably have a small piece of the Raiders at a point and a half. The other Saturday game, the New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts. Guys, what a good one and what a game far as how this whole AFC is going to shake out. Of course, as we sit right now, the Patriots sitting in the number one slot. The Colts are fighting for a playoff spot in the uh, AFC, which is completely just jumbled up over there. As we sit right now, the home Colts are two and a half point favorites over the visiting Patriots. So it does not matter. Again, throw all the every throw all that stuff out here. The Colts are playing well, and uh, they find themselves as as nearly a field goal favorite at home 
in this one. Um, Steven, you talk about teaser legs. I mean, this is the Patriots would be the Patriots up to eight and a half in a game with a 45 and a half total. Both of these teams want to run the ball. Both of these teams want to play deliberately. Both of these teams want to rely on their defense and just kind of get it done with what they can kind of cobble together on the offensive side of the ball. I don't hate that in the least bit, but full disclosure, I took the Colts at minus one on the open. Uh, It opened at pick here at a couple of the shops in Vegas. Before I could get to it, it had already moved to one in favor of the Colts. I just think the Colts are, uh, you know, all things considered here, uh, probably position by position, about a pretty much a better team, you know, uh, than this New England team. And I'm a little bit down on the on the Patriots. I'll fully admit. So uh, that being said, I do not hate a teaser leg on the Patriots side of things either. So however somebody wants to kind of go about tackling this game, I think there are multiple angles to where you can go. And I think that it you know, could be the correct play. We're going to disagree on this one. I, I, we do agree on the teaser leg. It makes sense to get them up to yeah. plus eight and a half. It's a low total. So that makes sense. If this gets to New England plus three, that's an auto bet for me. And I kind of like the two and a half already. Uh, I disagree with this three and a half point swing from the look ahead. Both of these teams are coming off a bye. And I know you can kind of go player by player, position by position and make an argument that the Indy might have the flashier player, the more talented player. But I think collectively what New England has done during this winning streak has been more impressive than any team in the NFL. And that is with me also believing that the Colts are a hell of a lot better than what their record says after they had a slow start. I'm basically throwing out the first three games that the Indianapolis Colts had. So for this game to be two and a half for the Colts doesn't really make a ton of sense to me unless the New England injury report doesn't go their way. They've had back-to-back limited practices for Trent Brown on the offensive line. Christian Barmore is a big piece of that run defense. He's been back-to-back limited. The running back Damian Harris has a hamstring. I'm not too concerned. Ramondre Stevenson's a capable backup. So I think there's equal advantages there with them coming off the bye. If these guys are healthy, we'll see. And if you look at the matchup in particular, if you look at the numbers, really, I mean, it's almost like these two teams are looking at each other in the mirror. Uh, In terms of weighted DVOA, it's the number five offense for New England against the number eight Indy defense and the Indy offense number seven against the number one New England defense. So I guess maybe a slight advantage there for New England in terms of DVOA. But The one narrative and the one argument I've heard all week that I completely disagree with is that this this indie rushing defense is elite and is going to be able to stop the New England rushing offense. And if you look at the season long numbers on the surface, I can understand why you would think that fifth and rush DVOA defense, fifth and rush D EPA, 10th and rush D success rate for the Colts defense. But a lot of that was early season success. If you look at what they are since week eight, 29th in Rush D EPA, 29th in Rush D success rate. And over that same span, New England is much, much better at stopping the run. So I like the Colts as a team overall. I just think New England's better. And I think the line is backwards. I, I, I know the market is the most efficient in the world and there's a lot of big money moving these lines, but I just disagree with it this time. Brad, if you kind of look at this Patriots year, right? I mean, definitely an impressive win streak, no doubt about it. But if you're talking about quality wins over the course of this win streak, I mean, I guess you could give them the Chargers 
as a quality win. I mean, yeah, they beat Buffalo in a tornado where they threw three, where they threw the ball forward passes three times. I mean, like that's I'm taking that mildly with a grain of salt with the conditions and everything that was going on out there. The teams with a pulse that they played early on in the season when New Orleans had Jameis loss, Tampa loss, Dallas loss. Then the rest of this is littered with Jets, Panthers, Falcons, the Titans with a shell of a team that, that, that you know, with all the guys on the uh, with all the guys hurt and everything for them. I don't know, man. I don't really know what to make of this Patriots team. And so I'm not really buying into this nine and four record as that they are definitely the best team in the AFC. Um, I mean, that, that Browns win is pretty impressive. I would say 45-7 over the Browns. to be, I think to beat the Chargers on the road is pretty good. Obviously, they went to overtime with the Cowboys. They lost by two to the Buccaneers. So, uh, I mean, I, I'd, say, I'd say that's a pretty good record personally. Um, so, at two and a half, I would probably lean the Patriots' way. Um, but I, I actually much prefer the over here. So, let's, so, if we cut out the first month of the season when Carson Wentz had a little bit of a banged up foot or calf um, and obviously Mac Jones getting acclimated as a rookie so since then these two offences are third and fourth in the NFL in EPA per play so why is the total 45 and a half in a dome we must have some great defences well well, I mean Stevens just told us that the Indy defence is overrated um, you know 18th against the pass in DVOA so I would say that the Patriots can definitely move the ball so it's got to be the Patriots' defense, which is kind of holding us down because they're second in defensive DVOA. But this is where I think they haven't really played anyone. Um, you know, obviously the Bills in in that windstorm, you can you can write those numbers off. Um, the Bucks game that that was that was rainy and windy that night as well. Um, you know, the, the one time they played a good offense in good conditions, the Cowboys they gave up thirty five um, for the year. That's got the twenty eighth strength of schedule, so you're one of the easiest in the NFL for that defense. Um, and so, yeah, I think both teams are going to move the ball um, very nicely here, especially if you consider these are two of the best scripters in the NFL. Um, again, they're both top five in offensive EPA in the first half. You've got Frank Reich. Well, both both offenses have got a week to prepare. So like the first half over as well, I think, is, is a very good look here. On to Sunday, Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles are currently sitting as seven point favorites in this one, 43 and a half, all the way to 45 and a half, or all the way to 44 and a half is the total here. Wackiest week of line movements we've yeah. ever seen. I mean, there have been line movements basically in every single game up and down the board this week. This is yet another one that has moved a couple of points in favor of the Philadelphia Eagles in this thing. Brad, when we take a look here, Washington football team, we don't really know who's going to be out on the field for them, which makes this a very difficult handicap. Who's going to be playing quarterback? Who's going to be playing wide receiver? Who's going to be uh, out there on the defensive side of the ball? So it's, it's really rough. You can see why the line movement did move as big as it did in favor of the Eagles. So, um, you know, for me, very difficult without knowing who's going to be out there for for the football team. So, you know, it's as we sit today, I guess it would be an Eagles or pass, but I, it's not in my account and it's not going to be. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I am too. I mean, the interesting bit here is that if Heineke, he's banged up and if he can't go, they've, they've, they've got no one really because the third string quarterback, Carl Allen, he's going to be out as well. So there is, you know, there's, there's a legitimate chance they're trotting out like a four string quarterback here, the the football team. So that, I mean, that's that's definitely one to monitor 
if he if he doesn't start in the first place, but live as well, because you know, there's a, if he does play, there's going to be re-injury risk. So, mm-hmm. um, well, yeah, I'd keep an eye on that for sure. Stephen, uh, we sit at a touchdown right now. I, I mean, I guess there's there's always an argument to be made that if you wanted to tease this thing down to a point, you could for the Eagles and and just kind of roll for you know knowing that they're going to be playing a shell of a team in in Washington. But that's probably as we sit today about the only angle that I could possibly recommend anybody. To answer Brad's question, uh, with the quarterback situation, if Heineke can't go, and I think he will, but uh, they have two quarterbacks on their practice squad. Kyle Shermer out of Vanderbilt mm-hmm. and Jordan Ta'amu out of Ole Miss. So, All right. So there like that. a legend, isn't he? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't an XFL guy, so maybe I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to Google these guys after the podcast, but yeah, just, just wild, man. I mean, you don't see many weeks where a line goes from three and a half to seven in a game. And that's even with the Eagles steam that we saw earlier this year. I did. I went back and checked and counted them up. 20 players, either out or questionable this week for Washington, including nine starters, even with Jalen hurts questionable. He might not go with this high ankle sprain. I think Gardner Minshew is fine say, and capable backup. That's fine. Right, I mean, do we know what the do we know what the difference is in these two quarterbacks at this point in their careers? Yeah, it might I mean, even be an upgrade for the passing game, say, right? I was going to say it might even be a small tick up. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to Philly talk radio, they think he's the second coming for sure. Uh, But uh, I mean, before all of this, the market had the Eagles as about two points better. So I suppose there's a world where there's seven better now with all this COVID variance and whatnot. But like we talked about with the Browns, honestly, who the hell knows? Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, it's it'd be a Philly teaser leg or or nothing for me as we sit right now. And and probably that's this is not going to end up in my account Dallas Cowboys and the New York football Giants Cowboys are 10 and a half to 11 point favorites in this one with a total of 44 44 and a half same deal here Steven we've got a Giants team that's completely beat up don't know who's going to be all out there for this team likely going to be very very thin at skill positions quarterback we know Daniel Jones isn't going to be a, is, is 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 out already for this Giants team which is why you see the Cowboys as bad as they have looked recently still a double digit favorite in this game I lean towards taking the points with the Giants getting all the way up to 11 I can't pull the trigger on something like that in this um so it's probably going to be a stay away for me yeah I mean <laughs> I've seen enough of Mike Glenn in the past two weeks that I I don't even want to lay it with him or, or take the points with him. I should say they've they did have 21 points against the Chargers, but gave up 37, only nine points against the Dolphins the week before that with Mike Glenn. And it looks like it's going to be him maybe for the rest of the year here. They're talking about maybe Shelvin Daniel Jones with this neck issue. So get used to this, guys. Some some Mike Glenn and handicaps the rest of the year. Uh, yeah. I. I am hopeful for the Cowboys here. Um, I'm I'm not too interested in laying this many points for them. I think they have been not exactly firing on all cylinders in recent weeks like we've seen earlier in the year. If you look on paper, it's a complete mismatch for them on both sides of the ball. I'm just having a hard time figuring out if if 11 is too much and I want to lay that with the Cowboys. I, I'm just going to stay away from this one, I think. 
Brad, I know you have a play on the total in this one, but just want to get your thoughts here on the Cowboys just in general, because as we move into the final month of the season here and how we go about viewing this team from a betting perspective, I mean, look, the defense has held up the defense. We were wondering whether this defense was going to be able to 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 stand the test of time over the course of a season. I think we've got enough of a sample size now to say, OK, this defense is can kind of hold their own. But this offense has looked really bad here lately and I'm guessing there's I have no inside information I have no whatever but that that calf injury that that was bothering Dak Prescott is still bothering him because he has been inaccurate he has been hesitant to run the ball he is not you can just watch visually with your eyes like he looks like a shell of himself when it comes to trying to, you know, move around in the pocket, get out of the pocket, create anything on the outside on while he's uh, while he's moving and whatnot. Like it just uh, it definitely gives me pause about this Cowboys team where I was pretty high on them. I mean, I, you know, we, we talked about it. Yeah, we talked about it. I mean, listen, I, I put in a, a futures ticket on them for the Super Bowl, the whole nine yards. But man, they're not going to win a Super Bowl with the way Dak's playing right now. That's for sure. Well, yes, yeah, since, since he returned, they've been a legitimate bottom five offense mm-hmm. by, by these advanced metrics. And, you know, we, we spoke about it last week. You know, we thought maybe it's the calf or, or maybe it's just because they were missing key players throughout that. Tyron Smith, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, they all missed time. They were shuffling the offensive line around there as well. So, you know, we thought, I, th- I think that's probably why they went from minus four last week to minus six and a half at the close against the football team because, you know, every, everyone was on the field and people uh-huh. thought, right, Death Star, off we go. And they were bad, really. You know, what was it? It was a 40% yeah. success rate, minus 0.14 EPA per play. That, that's bad. And, and we should um, add against a, against a football team that, yeah, that had, again, they, they were missing like eight or nine players. Yeah, eight or nine players. Or yeah. Something. So, yeah. So then you you go, you know, he's Dak still banged up. He looks slower, as you say. He, he, looks, he looks unwilling to roll out. Mm. He looks just a bit clunkier. Um, so, so all, all this is kind of leading into why I've bet the under 44 and a half here. Um, I mean, again, we just go back to that Washington football team game. Um, that went under the total despite two defensive touchdowns. Like that's, that's pretty rare. They, they held the football wow. team 34% success rate. Like, you know, that's, that's domination. Um, and I think this Cowboys defense, it may be the best in the NFL, in my view. So third, they're third in defensive DVOA already against the seventh hardest schedule. Um, so that's already impressive. And that's been without Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, and then Neville Gallimore as well, a defensive mm-hmm. tackle. He had a sack last week where he just bulldozed the right guard. Um I, th- I think they're borderline unblockable <laughs> and they're definitely yeah. unblockable against the Giants offensive line that is 28th in, in pass block win rate. So I mean, I'm with Mike Lennon behind it as well. So, you know, I, I see the Giants scoring 10 or so here. I, I don't see them having much success at all. And with the questions about, with these questions about this Cowboys offense, um, yeah, I think 44 and a half is definitely, uh, definitely gettable to the under. New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins, this number, another one. These all these numbers running this week. This opens eight and a half all the way up to 10 now in favor of the Dolphins in a game with a 41 and a half to 42 total Um, big, you know, the Jets completely devoid of talent at this point. Anyone that's done anything for them on the offensive side of the ball is is either out or on IR already gone for the season. Then you get the Dolphins coming out of a bye and they're going to be at least a little as healthy as they've been all year. Uh, that being said, 
I don't know what's going on with Will Fuller. I don't know whatever. Still can't get Will Fuller out on the field for for anything. So he's not going to be out there for the Dolphins. I at least targeted that maybe he'd be able to come back after the bye. That's not the case. But under the radar, guys, we I think, you know, we've been very fair on this podcast where a lot of people, you know, for whatever reason, want to just skewer to a tag of Iowa. But I mean, listen, you cannot be blown away by what, you know, you cannot be blown away by his arm strength. You cannot be blown away by his athletic ability. I mean, he's not all that fast. He's not whatever, but I mean, look, the guy's just getting it done. I mean, you can look at these advanced metrics. You can look at all the things like that, that really study what quarterbacks have been doing on the field. And, and Tua Tagovailoa has been pretty damn good this year. He's been pretty good for this Dolphins team. And so, Brad, when we take a look here, I I get it why they are big favorites over the Jets, who, again, if you didn't catch this this week, guys, Elijah Moore moves to IR to go along with Corey Davis, who's already on IR. So, you know, top two receiving targets already gone. There's just, you know, it's a mess there for the Jets. I just don't think I could lay 10 with the Dolphins against anybody in the league, including a team that I have as the third worst team in the league. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I'd rather lay 10 than take 10 with the Jets. Um, You know, we've we've been we've been pro dolphins for you know for a while mm-hmm. now but i think we've also been anti zach wilson yep. um you know i think we definitely recommended a bet against him or mm-hmm. to stay away from him last week and you know i just made fun of the washington football team for a 32% success rate jets came and had a 27% success rate against the saints i wouldn't be surprised if that's bottom 5 for the entire season um and yeah as you say they're getting even more thin at skill position players there's no one that can get open against this dolphin secondary and he's going to send all sorts of blitzes at him uh, you know this is a, this is a seeing ghost game for me um and you know especially with tour being somewhat efficient as, as you say um yeah I, I would only lay it rather than take it here Stephen, I was fortunate enough to, when this thing opened at eight and a half, I thought it was the gift teaser leg of the week. I had no idea Damn that it was straight. going to, I had no idea that it was going to blast all the way up to 10, um, or I would have been screaming from a mountaintop for people to go and get in <laughs> on that, to take this thing down to under a field goal. They're definitely going to win this game by at least a field goal. So that I feel super, super confident about one of the biggest investments I've had in a singular kind of teaser leg. I have so much rolled into to the Dolphins at minus two and a half. Uh, That said, that's gone now. So let's let's talk about what people can get, which is the 10. Uh, It's it's hard for me to, to 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 like I said, it's hard for me to lay 10. With the Dolphins, that being said, I mean, who in the world is backing the Jets in any fashion at all? I mean, like this, would we, when we're sitting here next week and we're looking back on this game and it was a Dolphins, you know, 27 to three win, I don't think we would think twice about that at all. I agree with you. Just to hammer the point home on Zach Wilson, since his return from injuries had three games against the Texans, the Eagles and the Saints. In that span, he's 28th in drop back EPA, 31st in success rate. Guys, apparently the number two overall pick in the draft is the fourth best quarterback <laughs> on the Jets roster this season because we've had, we've seen literally three other quarterbacks play for the Jets this year and look like competent NFL quarterbacks. So um, Ben Baldwin is a great follow on Twitter. He has this game as six on a neutral. I just don't want to bet Wilson against Flores in the exotic blitz schemes here. I think that's why we're seeing the steam here move this up to 10 to to Brad's point here. He's going to be seeing ghost against this exotic defense. So uh, you mentioned the, the teaser like earlier this week, Matt. 
We have a Discord channel going here with the lines now. You can find the icon in the top right-hand corner of our website. And this was a game that earlier this week, I also, like you, mentioned in our Discord that you better hop on the Dolphins minus 8.5 as a teaser leg to get it down to 2.5 because it's not going to stay there. And sure enough, it, it went. So just another spot where you guys can get some good betting insights from us for free on our Discord channel. One kind of fun prop here I'm curious about. Can you guys name the only healthy running back on Miami's depth chart right now? Either of you. <laughs> Salvin Ahmed. Nope. He's he's out, too. He's on the COVID list. Uh, all right, well, Miles Gaskin, Philip Lindsay, Ahmed, all on the COVID list. Miami Hurricanes legend Duke Johnson is the All only right. healthy running back on the Dolphins depth chart right now. All Even right. Uh, the other two guys, Malcolm Brown, Patrick Laird, just have injuries as well. Could be a fun little anytime touchdown prop if the uh, if the market's open and they haven't accounted for that. So that's one I'm just going to be kind of looking out for. Hey, I like actually. I think that's a really good tip right there. I mean, and and guys, look, these these low totals, I know it's scary to bet unders on these low totals, but when you're when you got a team like the Jets out there that at best might contribute 10 points to that total, um, it is it, it's sometimes pretty advantageous to to take the unders on those on those low totals. Just something I know it's scary whenever you see a 42, 42 and a half and you have to play the under, but Jets are just wo- woeful. That is the best way I can say anything about that team. Arizona Cardinals and the Detroit Lions, the Cardinals, 12 and a half point to 13 point road favorites, 47 and a half your total. Of course, the big news coming out this week here, the Cardinals likely to be playing the rest of their season without DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins late in the game this past week against the Rams had a defender land on both of his legs, hurt his knee. They have been and listen to 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 their credit to the Cardinals. They have been, this is consistency with them, right? Like they have been overly cautious with their big name players. If a guy gets hurt, we saw Kyler Murray probably sit out a week longer than he really had to. They did the same thing with DeAndre Hopkins the first time around with his injury. And so uh, I believe that he will probably not play the rest of this season for them. That being said, of all the wide receiver rooms, I mean, this one is at least fairly deep, right? I mean, you do have A.J. Green. You do have Chris Kirk. You do have Rondell Moore. You do also have Zach Ertz they went and traded for at the tight end position. James Conner is out there catching balls like he's friggin' Larry Larry Fitzgerald and everything. So, I mean, all things considered, you certainly want to have DeAndre Hopkins out there. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, I think that you can maybe withstand him having to sit out until the playoffs roll around in this one. Um, Steven, I'll start here with you. Look, it's nearly two touchdowns. <laughs> it's another one of those things where I'm saying like, I could probably only lay it. I don't want to take points with the Detroit lions ever. I mean, it's just they're even with the injury on the, on the Arizona side. I mean, they're just so completely outgunned in this thing. They're so completely outmanned. It's just, 13 is just a lot to lay. So I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do. You sound so like just upset about the whole thing. I feel like I should take, I should want to take the 13 points with the lions, but then it's just (laughs) like, I would be taking 13 points with a team led by Jared Goff. And then I would just feel so stupid whenever he throws two pick sixes in the game or something. Dan, the man Campbell, dude. I mean, come on. Come on, he's he's been covering big spreads all season. But I, I agree with you, though. I mean, this is not the same Detroit team. I mean, 
they are just completely decimated. Uh, the line did come down from 14. So if it got back to 14, I'm, I might, you know, think about it, throw a half unit on there for fun, just to, you know, support our, our, our man, Dan Campbell. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I am curious. One player prop. I am curious about to see when the market's open here to see if they adjust to it yet is I'm on Ross St. Brown for the Detroit Lions. He's had mm-hmm. 12 targets in back-to-back games here. He's kind of the the JV Cooper Cup now for, for Jared Goff in this offense. It, it coincided with, I think, not just the receiver issues and TJ Hawkinson being banged up, but DeAndre Swift not being in the offense anymore is when his receiving totals really went up. So uh, going to be looking to maybe dabble in that if, if we get something like a... F- I don't know. I don't know if we'll get it, but maybe a four and a half for receptions. Maybe we can get an over on that Um, for the Cardinals. I it's going to be tough to back them as as big favorites here for the rest of the season until I see something better, because I know it's a small sample. But Brad, I'm curious what you think. The last two games for them, Kyler Murray in this offense hasn't been the elite offense that we've seen. They've been outside the top 10 in EPA and success rate. So no bet for me here in this game. But I want to see more from Arizona here down the stretch, even without DeAndre Hopkins. Brad, I think the only thing, too, I guess we could keep into consideration here with the big number. Like I said, I mean, we have seen. Cliff Kingsbury be very conservative, right, with his players. And I think, you know, there is a decent chance that they get up in this game and you're up 21 points or something like that. And and you do see Colt McCoy in the game. You do see the backup running backs and the backup wide receivers and the backup key skill position, you know, key key guys on the defensive side. So um, I think the back door might always be open here for the for the Lions. And so there's, I guess, at least that angle to think about. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I do think the Lions are a good team to back, um, you know, mm. as these big underdogs. And they proved it, obviously, this season. But, you know, even last week, they're coming off their first win. They're riddled with COVID and flu all week. You know, they're banged up. They've got no skill skill players. And I think that they're down three or so at half time. They come out, they throw an interception at, you know, Broncos score a touchdown. Yeah. They come out, they go for it on on fourth down from their own 30 or so, and they lose it, Broncos score a touchdown. And the game gets out of control. Yeah. But A, it showed to me they're playing hard, but B, they're still trying to win, right? You know, even yeah. with that's about as bad a spot as you could be put in. And they're still out there going for it on fourth down to, to actually try and win mm-hmm. the game. So, you know, I think they're, they're a little bit healthier this week. The offensive line is still good. Uh, you know, Penne Sewell is he's literally one of the best tackles in the NFL by uh, PFF grade already. Um, so, you know, they, they should get some push off the ball, maybe maybe in the interior as well. Uh, as for the Cardinals, it's probably a little letdown spot after that big Monday night game. Um, you know, I, I, I still trust the Cardinals offense. I think obviously Aaron Donald, he was playing, he was playing against the backup guard and he just wrecked that game plan last week. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not too worried about them long term, but I would say laying if I, w- I would wait for a 14 on the lines. I'm, I'm not too eager to jump yeah. in at 13, and I think you might get it. You know, obviously we saw last week these big favourites go 10 and basically 10 uh. and two against the spread or, or whatever it was. So there's going to be some public money with public going to have some money in their pockets and going back to the well, and so we, we might get a little bonus point or two on some of these big dogs. I think. Yeah, Matt, 14, one last. Yeah, Matt, one last would be prop here. Yeah, I'm sorry, Matt. Uh, one last prop here. If James Conner is out and they activate Chase Edmonds, he got a ton of run here even early in the season when James Conner was around. So uh, those those reception totals or rushing yards totals might be too low for him. Uh, so keep an eye out for Chase Edmonds. 
Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Titans by point. They are favored by one all the way to two at this one. So you can find a point and a half as well in there. 42 and a half, another low total game. The Titans did get Julio Jones back last week, so they are at least somewhat on the mend. They opened the window for Bud Dupree to be activated as well. I don't know if they will do that before this game this week, but just another guy, you know, another person that they could kind of get back to help help along the way. AJ Brown is expected back next week, I believe is the word for this Titans team. So maybe they look a little bit more like the Titans team earlier on in the season here over the next couple of weeks. The Steelers, we know what we're getting in the Steelers. We know what they're all about. Steven, there are people who've been advocating for a Steelers teaser leg. Um, look, I was looking for dance partners as many as I could find uh, for that Dolphins leg earlier on in the week. Mm-hmm. So I did put one in there for the Steelers up to eight and a half to pair with that one with the Dolphins. Look, I'm getting eight and a half with points with the team in a 42 and a half total. Typically, that fares pretty well. The Titans you know, firepower has certainly been, you know, without Derrick Henry, without AJ Brown, they, they do have Julio back now, but man, it's this, this offense has looked really bad, really clunky. Even this past week, you know, that, that win wasn't convincing really at all. So uh, I'll take, I'll, I took the eight and a half with the Steelers. Um, this is one of those games I think is lined appropriately. I think these teams are about even, if you look at our power rankings, I have them ranked power ranked about even. So, um, no real, no real stance here other than maybe taking the home dog up to uh, over a touchdown. Quick prop thought. Julio Jones had six targets last week despite only playing 45% of the snaps. Maybe his snaps increase this week and, you know, we get a lower number here mm-hmm. on Julio uh, that isn't accounting for the fact that he played less than half the snaps last week. So something to keep an eye on there. Um I agree with your sentiments in terms of where these teams are at this point in the season. I did take the teaser leg here. If you can get plus seven and a half or better, it is a pretty cookie cutter teaser leg with, uh, you know, the through the three and the seven and a low total as low as 41 in some spots for the total right now. But yeah, the Tennessee offense just hasn't been good since Derrick Henry went out. They, they didn't really need it last week, but still 3.8 yards per play against Jacksonville. They're down to 23rd in DVOA, 21st in yards per play. Our senior writer, Mo Nawara noted that they're 23rd in EPA since losing Derrick Henry and three of their last five games without, King Henry, they have less than five yards per play. So Ben Roethlisberger is volatile. Uh, the, the Tennessee defense has played well. They've kept them in these games to win these games. But I think that Pittsburgh struggles recently have been against above average offenses, right? If you look at where they've given up a lot of points and I don't think the Tennessee Titans fall into that category. So it's it, I'm comfortable with the teaser leg. Brad, I mean, Look, it it looks like it's been said, Ben Roethlisberger going to go right off into the sunset when this uh, when this season is over. Um, finally, going to go ahead and, and face that Father Time has has defeated him three years ago. But uh, <laughs> there's there's you know uh, what do you make of this Tennessee team and the overall makeup of this Tennessee team? I mean, starting to get a little bit healthier. Does that at all? Think does that all lead you to believe that they will start looking a little bit more like the team we saw at the beginning of the season? Or do you think that team we saw at the beginning of the season was just performing way, way higher over expectation? And maybe there's a bunch of smoke and mirrors going on here. 
I still I like the defense. Uh, they're the second mm-hmm. graded pass defense by DVOA, uh, ninth overall by PFF, uh, ninth in sacks as well. And I, th- I especially think against this Steelers offensive line, thirtieth in pass block win rate. I think they should have some success there, um, providing they can make Ben hold onto the ball long enough. Mm-hmm. Um, then the offensive side, possibly they're a little bit underrated as it stands. Um, so. Stephen said they're 23rd in EPA since Derek Henry went down. But they're 16th in success rate. So, you know, they've had a lot of turnovers in there, which lower those numbers. But the process is still okay. You know, it's yeah. middle of the pack. It's not good offense, but it's maybe good enough. Um, Joe Hayden for the Steelers, he's key. Um, you know, that's part of the reason I think they've been torched two of the last three weeks. Uh, he did not practice. He would definitely be one to watch um, because I think, you know, Julio could have some success there. Um, and I would also say that 16th in success rate, that's probably, there's a couple of games in there with no Hudo or AJ Brown. So, you know, maybe they're maybe they're 14th best in the NFL. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would lean Tennessee. I've not bet it. What would the buy point be? I don't know. If, if the Steelers went favourite and I got some plus money on uh-huh. Tennessee, maybe that's when I'd jump in, yeah. Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars in the relegation bowl. Uh, whoever loses this one gets goes down to the CFL. Whoever wins the Grey Cup comes up to the NFL. As we sit right now, the Jags are five, four to five point home favorites over the Houston Texans. Uh, overnight, the Jaguars coach Urban Meyer got fired, and the line moves in their direction this morning. A total of thirty nine and a half. In this game, I mean, you know, look, two seconds of sports talk radio here. History will probably judge Urban Meyer as the worst head football coach hire in the history of the NFL. I mean, he didn't, he only made it 13 games. He only won two of them. The entire time he was there, it was literally mired in controversy. The whole time he was there, it might go down as the worst head coaching hire in the history of the NFL when it's all said and done here. But uh, people are believing in the rally around, you know, the, the interim coach thing. They hated Urban Meyer so much. So let's go ahead and bet the Jags here. I wouldn't lay five points with the Jaguars with your money, much less anyone else's <laughs> money. Like that's not happening in any stretch of the imagination here. So uh, in a game that I thought I would have absolutely no opinion on, this thing is like moving quickly into the like, oh my God, I might actually have to play the Texans realm here. Brad, um, what do you see in this thing? I mean, again, a game, a game I thought we would probably just skip right over, but this line has moved to five points now. Yeah, I was all I was all lined up to play Houston plus three and a half before this news, uh, but I, I'm 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 a buyer like that. The, the, these Jags, these Jags are going to give their best effort of the season. Like, how free must they feel? This moron is gone. Has he stopped kicking all his players in practice? Um, you know, we spoke about it before. The, the receivers are still running into each other on the field in in week fourteen. NFL receivers are still literally. The Titans defensive back was saying he was just laughing. It was like, what what are you doing? So I don't know if you suddenly get that fixed, you know, in five days or four days, whatever it is, till till Sunday. Uh so yeah, stay away from me. But I would be I would I do think you're gonna get a very, very good effort from the Jags. Steven, um 39 and a half. So I mean, we've got a, a super low total here. Points are more valuable. Can you possibly can you possibly see yourself? I know you've done it with the Jags before. Can you possibly see yourself backing the Texans in this game? Of course I can. <laughs> I mean, 
Listen, just, Urban Meyer, they hated Urban Meyer, but to Brad's point, just because he's gone doesn't mean that his assistants are going to magically scheme up better routes and not have their guys run into each other. And, you know, I, maybe James Robinson actually gets the ball more like he should, and I lose my fantasy matchup in the playoffs <laughs> this week because they finally frigging give him the ball. But, uh, I mean, if you're buying a narrative on how you think this game is going to play out, I also have some magic beans I would like to sell you because, I mean, let's be real here. I mean, who the hell knows how this game <laughs> is going to play out? So just on principle, give me the points. And if you're giving me four and a half here, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. I'll throw a unit on the Texans here. Yeah, I mean, look, the Texans do have the singular best player on the field, right? So Brandon Cooks, I think, is is unquestionably the best player on either side of of the ball when it comes to to uh, to skill players and whatever. And he's he's at least still continued to put to to cobble together decent games uh, so far as we're recording this on Thursday. This is one of the few games that isn't really affected at all by COVID. So hopefully that continues to be the case because I want to see both of these teams at full strength going at it this week, guys. I don't want to, you know, I want to really know who the worst team in the NFL is. I don't want there to be any question when this thing is all said and done. Carolina Panthers on the road at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills find themselves as 10 and a half to 11 point home favorites over the Carolina Panthers. 44 and a half is your total. Steven, what we are getting here is a Carolina team that, oh, shocker, didn't get fixed whenever Cam Newton came in to play quarterback. The guy that got cut by the, the Patriots and wasn't good the year before that anyway. Shocker, he didn't just come in and fix what was going on there in Carolina. Yeah, it was Joe Brady's fault, obviously. Uh, the Buffalo Bills... Again, we're kind of just writing off. I think McDermott made some horrible decision that game. That that's neither here nor there. You're playing in a in a blizzard, hurricane, whatever, tornado. So I, I'm kind of writing all that off at least a little bit. That being said, does this Buffalo Bills team deserve to be 11 point favorites over anybody really right now? Uh, they they've crush some bad teams this yeah. year. So I'll say that. Um, are they as good as the the top teams in the league? I'm not so sure. This Panthers team is just so bad right now. I mean, they're 30th in overall DVOA, 31st in PFF grade for their offense. They're allowing the second most pressures this year. It's bottom five and explosive plays. I mean, every way you slice it, this team is not good. And now DJ Moore's banged up with Christian McCaffrey out as well. They're the top receiver. DJ Moore's banged up. So, yeah, maybe the Bills cover this spread. I will say Josh Allen is dealing with a foot injury right now. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, I, I'm just not interested in taking points with a team that I'm not sure can score a lot of points in the yeah. Panthers. And I'm not interested in laying a ton of points with this Bills offense right now. The one angle I do like this week, and we'll see what kind of number they give us. They might already be hip to it, but I am looking in the props market for potentially a good price on a Gabriel Davis anytime touchdown. Emmanuel Sanders is week to week. He's probably not going to play this week. He already wasn't producing. Davis has touchdowns and back-to-back games, but more importantly, 12 red zone targets this year on just 30 eight overall targets. Kyle Yates was pointing out on Twitter, that's more red zone looks than DJ Moore, Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, and Terry McLaurin. And now he's going to get a full-time role this week. So I like potentially a Gabe Davis anytime touchdown. 
Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders uh, DNP on Wednesday, and McDermott said he does not expect him to play in Week 15. Um, Brad, dream scenario for me here would be that they decide in a game that they should win anyway to rest Josh Allen in that foot, and we get Mitch Trubisky. They over people overreact to that news, bump this line way, way, way down, and then I can come in and back the Bills. Oh, now, that's, that's I a, would love that. That's in a perfect world. That's in a perfect scenario. But I mean, if we're talking about backup quarterbacks in the NFL, as far as who's as capable of any, as anyone, I mean, Mitch Trubisky would be as capable as any backup in the NFL, and certainly could go out there and beat this version of the Panthers. Um, that said, who knows? Probably not going to happen. Josh Allen probably going to go out there and play a little bit hobbled with that being the case is there any chance you could find yourself taking the points with the Panthers um I don't think the Panthers are going to score like this offensive line mm-hmm. is a problem um you know 31st in pressure rate 29th in, in pass block win rate and the Bills have literally shown us all year long they can just dominate these bad offenses so I think that's going to be a problem and that's I'm probably leaning to the under here so a we get jo- we get a slightly hobbled Josh Allen which maybe takes away his running ability mm-hmm. and you know McDermott has got enough abuse in the last week or so for not running the ball against the Bucks that I think he probably goes to that you know especially if he's got yeah. a banged up quarterback and they're winning by 10 points because because the Panthers can't, can't score so you know, under like, it, this got bet up for, to 44 and a half yesterday. Um, and I think that it's probably a good point to jump in and try and bet that back down. Um, and maybe some, you know, maybe some Josh Allen unders, passing attempts unders or passing yards unders. Because, you know, the, the strength of this team is the Carolina team is still its defense, 10th uh, in defensive DVOA and, and first against the past. So, you know, the way to attack them is, is on the ground as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that would be one way to attack it, I think. Yeah, I just it, there's no way I'm backing the Panthers here. I mean, there there's just there's just none. I mean, it's it's one of those it, this team completely now they're going to try to play two quarterbacks like we're we're doing this now in the NFL like we're doing the two quarterback <laughs> thing. I mean, like this is just completely broken. Break it down, start it all over again. Uh, not happening at all. Atlanta Falcons on the road, San Francisco 49ers. 49ers now up to nine and a half point favorites at some places. There are nines still available. Another one of these games where the line ran, and I didn't really know why. 46, 46 and a half, your total. Brad, this thing opens eight and a half and then runs all the way to nine and a half. Not any COVID news. Nothing came out. Uh, People just were just backing the 49ers a ton here. Uh, Look, I think the 49ers are a good team. I have them certainly inside the top 14, 15 in my power rankings this week, but are they double digit? Are they, are they double digits better than the Atlanta Falcons? I mean, that's kind of what we're going to have to decide this week, right? I mean, they got to, they got to, they got to win a game by 10 to cover in this thing. I mean, what, what do you think for 49ers and Falcons? Um, I think these are two teams that the metrics go in opposite directions on like the, the Falcons you will find like 30 31st in DVOA and you'll find the Niners like top six or so mm. so I think I think that's probably what's driving it and we've seen a couple of times this year the Falcons just dominated by physical good teams you know like, like the Patriots went in there and beat them 25-0 for example um, so yeah I, I think I, I've not bet anything here the, the Niners have been horrible as, as home favourites I don't know if Shanahan is you know He's sloppy or, or whatever, but they'd be much better on the road and much better as underdogs. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. It's not a game I have a strong view on. I think the Falcons are really terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, 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 they've, they've got worse advanced stats than like the Jags and the Jets, and they've somehow won seven games or six say, games, whatever. As I say, and 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 with all that being said, if they win this game, they are like right in the hunt to make the play. Like they are right in the mix to make the playoffs. Um, Steven is the battle of the gadget players. We got Cordell versus Debo in this one. I think that's we yeah. just, like, basically we just should be able to prop bet what the combined yardage for those two guys to the all purpose yardage for those two guys. And then we just move on because I don't think this is going to get the, to garner a bet for me at all. Like, I mean, nine and a half is just that, you know, it's that number, right? I mean, all right, nine and a half kind of is what it is. Yeah, I'm with you. It's the ultimate running backs don't matter game because if you have an athletic wide receiver, he can play running back and you're good to go. So uh, the angle I like here is I took San Francisco as a pick them on the look ahead line next Ah. week against Tennessee. Uh, I think that there's a chance Tennessee loses this week to Pittsburgh. And I think that the Niners could blow out the Falcons and we're going to get a a a worse line next week than what we're seeing right now is a pick them for San Francisco against Tennessee. So uh, granted, AJ Brown could come back for that game, but I, I like the direction the Niners are going. I think they're a little bit more complete team and roster than what the Titans are right now. So that's, that's the angle I see here for the Niners in, in week number 15. Let's talk about a game here that I know we all have action on and guess what boys? We're all on the same side here. And every time that we're all on the same side, it has worked out well for us this year. Cincinnati Bengals at the Denver Broncos. As we sit currently, there is one three still available if you want to take Cincinnati. There are two and a halfs everywhere else if you want to take Denver. Total of 44, 44 and a half. Guys, I was looking for, as I mentioned, I was looking for dance partners for that uh, teaser leg for the Dolphins. That was available at a point and a half earlier in the week with uh, the Bengals. So I did go ahead and tease that up to have them at seven and a half to go along with the Dolphins. That said, yesterday, upon the news that Joe Burrow didn't practice on a Wednesday, which, by the (laughs) way, he wouldn't have done anyway, like with any sort of nick or any sort of anything. This thing hit three at multiple books here in Vegas, in which I went in and swooped up the full full field goal with Cincinnati as well. I think this is a better team. If you look on paper, if you look, this is a better team all around. Yes, there is talent in the secondary for the Denver Broncos. They should be able to have at least some success against trying to neutralize this three-headed monster that you've got as far as Boyd and Chase and Higgins. You add Izoma in there. You got Joe Mixon as well. I just think there's too much here on the Cincinnati side of things in order for Denver to be able to, to, to compete in this game. Like I, I like Den, I like Cincinnati outright in this thing. I think the Brad, I think that the, the people who would be backing Denver here would say, okay, advantage us run offense versus run defense for Cincinnati. And, and look, that's probably true. That's probably the case, but how often are you going to continue to find success over and over and over again in that well, and still be able to keep up enough points on the board to deal with what Burrow and that offense is going to be able to do. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a fair point that there's at least maybe some sort of advantage there in that, but, but not enough to get me off of Cincinnati here. 
Yeah, I mean, I bet I've got a bad number here. I bet Bengals on open um, at plus one hundred eight because I mm. thought they should be favoured. Um, and then so I'll yeah. bet some more plus three with you yesterday. They're still plus three minus one tens about. And yeah, I, I'll just pretty much agree with you. Like, I'm not worried about Burrow's finger. He was the highest graded quarterback in the NFL by PFF last PFF last week. You know, they, they lost that game. So the look ahead here was Bengals minus three. So we, we've we've gone from three to three here. <laughs> What, what what happened? The, the Broncos beat up the Lions. Well, like we've already covered that. That that was a little bit fluky, and the Lions were in a horrible spot. And then the Bengals lost at home in overtime, where they they muffed two punts. Yeah. Um, and then like they had Chase dropped a long touchdown, which they gave him an issue. That's how close that was. You know. And, they, and 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 then the, uh, the the taunting call as well that really flipped that game on its head. They stop the 49ers. And 49ers are going to have to attempt like a 47-yard field goal, and they call that taunting penalty, and that's a 15-yard penalty, automatic first down, and then they end up turning that into a touchdown. I mean, and, and, and as you said, it still took overtime for, for San Francisco to win that game. What was frustrating about that game is the Niners had no cornerbacks. Well, not frustrating because they had the Niners, but they 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 didn't pass to the second half. They were mm. they were running the ball like fifty percent of the time, and then it's like they suddenly got down and went, "Oh, we better throw it now." Mm. And lo and behold, throwing like <laughs> throwing to these elite receivers against backup corners, it, it worked out for them. Yeah. So I do worry a little bit about the coaching here. Um, oh but, yeah, yeah. Zach Taylor's it, not sharp. You know, yeah, Zach no, Taylor's not sharp. You know, that's for sure. This. This is the better team. You can probably give Denver, you know, one, one and a half home field and you shouldn't, they shouldn't be getting the three. I don't think. Steven, I know you are, uh, you are also on Cincinnati with us here. Yeah. Give me the teaser leg. I got it at plus eight and a half. I think we're at now low total 44. Brad, I was, I I was happy because I'm a Niners fan, right? They win the game, but I, I bet Cincinnati because of what you said, like they, they had no cornerbacks in that game and they waited till they're down 14 to start throwing the ball on them. So, I mean, Zach, I don't know what Zach Taylor is doing with this whole establish the run nonsense, but like at some point, hopefully he realizes he has to use Matt language Jesus H under center and <laughs> yeah. Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd at wide like come on man open it up a little bit here Joe Burrow is eighth in the EPA and completion percentage over expectation composite rankings our senior writer Mo Nawara points that out and even if the Bengals fall behind in this one we saw last week they're more than capable of coming back and getting inside this teaser leg number so the last thing I'll note here from from Mo the Bengals also are pretty good up front. They're fifth in adjusted line yards to keep this Broncos running game in check. So all of these things are pretty good ingredients for a Cincinnati teaser here. Uh, and I would not disagree with you guys to just take them outright to win this game. Green Bay Packers at the Baltimore Ravens. This thing is sitting anywhere from four and a half to five and a half right now in favor of Green Bay, a total of 43 and a half. Steven, we have a big question mark, and that is Lamar Jackson for the Baltimore Ravens. We know that even if he goes, he is going to be going banged up. I played the Packers at four. For whatever reason, this thing was sitting at four on Tuesday afternoon here in Las Vegas. And I think that even if Lamar plays, the four is a good number. I don't care. Basically, what I'm saying is, is I, I took the four because at four, I don't care if Lamar plays or not. I think I have a good number on the Packers here. Th this Ravens team 
is not any good. I do not care what that record says. I do not care what we've seen, like uh, what, what you look and you look down that thing and you run. They could easily have three more losses than they have. And you look, if you're going to give me the Packers in current form against the Ravens with a banged up Lamar Jackson, which means he can't be Lamar Jackson. The only reason that they're good on offense is because Lamar Jackson can be Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson has to be a pocket passer, this is not a good offense. So give me the Packers all day long. I think even at five, five and a half, I would still play it at that. So this number was two on the look ahead. We talked last week about how I bet Packers minus two. So that's what I have in the account. And based on the results last week, it's it's I feel like minus four is just like the the what it should be if Lamar's playing. So yeah. I agree with you. Like if 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 Lamar winds up playing, it's I don't think this is gonna go to three. And if he's not playing, this might go to seven. So I I agree that if you want to back the Packers, now's probably the time to do it. These are just two teams that on the injury report are going in opposite directions. The Ravens keep getting, you know, more injured and more injured and the Packers keep getting healthier and healthier. We talked last week how they're getting three all pro players back here down the stretch. So I, I think that it's a good bet. I really do. And I think four is short here. I mean, Brad, if if we take a look here, if you're, I'm not like, you know, they signed Josh Johnson to the practice squad. That sometimes is a telltale sign. There, there's if you are the Ravens, you have to know. I mean, like typically we look at that organization as a sharp organization. You have to understand that, like, if you don't have Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, like if, as Lamar Jackson, you you literally have zero chance of doing anything whatsoever. I, 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 there's nothing been leaked by any beat reporters. I've been studying this like up and down. Nobody has said he's not going to play. I'm just trying to read the tea leaves here and see the see in the future. And I just feel like this is an opportunity for them to to in a game that they're likely to lose anyway. Right. That's another thing. Like, I think you have to kind of be self-aware and say we're not likely to win this game anyway. And 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 in that, wouldn't this be a good opportunity to get our quarterback healthy here? So I don't know. Again, no, no, absolutely nothing to any of that that's hypothesis on my end I'm just speculating but I I feel like we're going to get a backup in this game yeah yeah I did think that Josh Johnson signing was was telling um Mm -hmm. and then the other thing is we've almost forgotten about the injuries in the secondary you know that they they weren't really they weren't really punished last week because the the Browns got up earlier then just decided to run the ball because there was a backup in there but um you know if 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 anyone, if the Ravens can score any points, then the Packers can just go to work all day yeah. on this banged up secondary. You know, Rogers, Rogers doesn't care; he'll, he'll shred them if he has to. So I, I don't see many paths to keeping this close, really. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I like I like the Packers a lot, a lot, a lot in this game. Seahawks on the road at the Rams. Rams are four and a half point favorites in this one. Four, four and a half point favorites in this one. 45, 45 and a half is your total. Has the mallet finger started to feel a little bit better for Russell Wilson? (laughs) He looked at least a little bit better this past week, though, against a very inferior opponent. The Rams go out, they win the premier game of the week against the Cardinals. And listen, did they get some fortunate turnovers? They did. Did they take advantage of those fortunate turnovers? Also, yes, they did. And there's something to be said for taking advantage of getting the short fields and getting the the, the ball in, in favorable positions. So 
I don't take anything away from that win against the Cardinals this past week for the Rams. And if anything, I think it bumps the Rams up a ton in my eyes that if Odell is actually going to be available for this team, if he's actually going to be kind of 90% of Odell, he looked pretty good out there this past week. And there's legitimately two options for Matthew Stafford. That certainly changes the calculus for this Rams team. Aaron Donald just continues to be the best player that, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. It's so ridiculous every week. Like the guy's getting triple teamed and still just shedding through there and disrupting plays. Brad, four, four and a half right now in favor of the Rams, 45 and a half the total. It seems appropriate to me, but I believe we're probably going to see Rams backers in this thing. I'm just, I'm just speculating on that. Um, so there's some uncertainty around is is, is Odell going to miss with COVID? He's on the COVID list, and is is Ramsey going to be back? I, I, I don't know specifically what's going to happen with those two. I don't know if you guys do. Yeah, no, and no. actually, he's uh, it's Odell, it's Daryl uh, Henderson, it's their tackle uh, Havenstein, it's also uh, Jordan Fuller, the safety, who all is uh, on the COVID list for for the Rams. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I've not done too much work on this game because mm. of that stuff. Um, I would say macro theme here that the Rams generally dominate the Seahawks. Um, you know, that's kind of been the McVeigh thing. He knows how to carve up the the C- Seattle cover three, and um, you know, even the Texans had some pretty good mm. success against the Seattle cover three last week. Forty six percent success rate for uh, Davis Mills and the guys. So, so you would think Stafford's gonna gonna do work, especially because you know the way to the way to stop him basically is, is pressure up the middle, and I, I don't think Seattle's gonna bring that this week. Um, so yeah, points for the Rams if uh, if they have if they have their guys out there. Uh, it sounds like it's probably only Odell of the skill position. So I think, I think Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup are enough to, uh, to shred the Seattle lot. Yeah. Um, so Steven, you're probably leaning in the same direction I am here in this one, but um, let me tell you, if there's no Odell, whatever Van Jefferson's player props are, I'm going to, and I think I'll probably just going to play the overs on them just regardless. And, and, you know, if I get burned, I think there's still at least a decent chance that they can get there. Uh, Jefferson has seen six or more targets in six of the last seven games. So he's been a part anyway. And then if, and, and if we don't get Odell, then I think that, you know, just a smash spot for him to, to get the overs on these props. And so uh, that might be how more me going about this game, because this, this line seems about appropriate to me. I, I don't really have a, a, a strong feeling one way or the other. You mentioned the COVID guys. Their center, Brian Allen, is questionable as well. Aaron Donald did not practice on Wednesday. So I think that's maybe why we've seen this go from a look-ahead line of Rams minus seven down to minus four. And I think I'm going to be taking that discount because, I mean, the, the Rams have a marquee win last week. Seattle beats the Texans. Who gives a damn? Yeah. And to your guys' point, with the guys that could miss this week, I think the ones that matter most have capable backups. You mentioned Odell, Van Jefferson's fine. Daryl Henderson, if he misses, Sony Michelle has been more than competent as a fill-in in the backfield. And we saw them against a, a pretty good, I'd say for the most of the season, an elite offense in Arizona do fine without Jalen Ramsey. I know DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are a pretty darn good duo at receiver for Seattle. But uh, if you're going to give me a three point discount based on who is potentially out for this game for the Rams, 
I'm happy to buy that at Rams minus four. And it, it wouldn't shock me in the least. Some of these guys that are on the injury, like if Aaron Donald practices today, this might pop up another point. Like we've seen that all year, just some early midweek injury stuff moving a line down. And then a guy comes back to practice, moves it back up a half point or a point. So um, I, I like the Rams minus four here. New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Bucks, 10 and a half, 11 point home favorites, 46 and a half your total. This seems to be the theme of the week. Double digit favorites here in a lot of these games. Steven, uh, this seems incredibly appropriate to me. Uh, double digit win for the Bucks is probably where they should be in this. I mean, the only way that the Saints have generated offense has been through Alvin Kamara. Now here come the Bucks to town with that awesome stout run defense of theirs. And so now it's okay. Now you got to trust Taysom's arm against the the Bucks. Um, I don't trust Taysom's arm against anybody. So I think this is appropriate line. I think it's probably a double digit win for the Bucks. I think it's about right where we sit uh, on everything else. I guess maybe there's a slight lean to me on the under from a total standpoint because I don't know how many points the Saints are actually going to put on the board in this thing. But that's about all I've got here. Yeah, I mean, it, I think you, you might hear some fake sharp people say, well, the, the Saints beat the Bucks by nine earlier this year. And now they're giving us 11 points. Well, if you look at that game a little bit more closely, the Bucks just did what they wanted on offense and had turnovers. They are 7.3 yards per play to just 5.0 for the Saints in that one. And they had a couple of interceptions. They were minus three on the turner, turnover differential in that game. This Bucks offense is elite. It is to Brad's point over the past few weeks. He believes it is the best team in the NFL. And what is the Saints strength on offense right now with Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara? It's to run the ball and nobody can run the ball on the Buccaneers defense. So just from a matchup standpoint here, I I am still hesitant to take those points with New Orleans in this game based on the fact that Tom Brady was still able to move the ball up and down the field at will in the first matchup between these two teams. I think he had 375 yards and four touchdowns. So they clean up the turnovers. They can absolutely cover this spread. Uh, so I, I'm just, I don't know. It may be, Maybe I need to reprogram my brain a little bit with these big underdogs and, and get a little bit more, uh, you know, willing to back them. But this is the best team in the NFL, and I, I, I have a hard time doing it at this point in the season. Earlier in the season, when you get big dogs like this and there's more uncertainty, I'm more comfortable. But I don't know. I get to this point in the season. I just I have a hard time buying in. Guys, we'll have a full video for the Monday Night Football game posted on Monday, so be sure and head over to the YouTube channel for that. And just as a as a overall disclaimer here for this, and this is just there's no th nothing more fitting than as we wrap up this uh, this podcast, I get a alert sent to my phone: Dolphins Jalen Waddle putting him on COVID. Um, oh, on, on the COVID list. So basically the theme of this week and it, you know, is, is be cautious. Like don't, if you're, if your bankroll is a little bit fragile, don't put a ton of exposure out there for, for a game that you're just dead set because you know, it's going to go a certain way. We are seeing this COVID stuff pop up. I mean, literally, I mean, we're th through the course of us doing this podcast. Here comes another major player, not going to be playing in a game for for one of these teams and so just just tread lightly approach with caution because this is um you know this is the time of year right now specifically i mean we're over 90 players now uh between player, players and coaches 
that are not going to be playing this week or at least have, have, have hit the COVID list this week as well. So just be be cautious of all that. Understand there's opportunities you might get burned here. Steven, one of the things you pointed out to me that I don't have here in Vegas, and this is just a really good point that you, you know, brought up to me. If you're rest of country out there, you know, there's no shame in in taking the cash out option in some of these bets if you're if, if you're on the wrong side of this thing, right? If you're on the wrong side of some news and you can get 95% of your bet back or whatever, 90% of your bet back, there's no shame in that. Like there's no shame in in making sure that you're not just going to ride out a bad position or ride out some unfortunate news like again, that that happens to be a a 10 point spread game the dolphins should still win anyway that being said you know if that was a tightly spread game jalen waddle not playing that's a big big thing here so just another option that is available to people out there that i don't know if they take advantage of enough for sure and a lot of times you said 1995 i have found in my personal experience that there is a lot of times where i'm getting the full 100% back mm-hmm. despite a little bit of news that goes against the side that i liked before so uh, keep that in mind for sure. Factors change, right? You, you're not backed into a position like we were in the old days if you're in these legal online sports betting markets. Brad, what's your favorite bet of the week? Favorite bet of the week that would be the over 45 and a half New England, Indianapolis. Stephen, favorite bet of the week? Mm, New England, teaser leg and to cover the points. I'm I'm a big believer in New England. I'm sorry. When it hit three, Bengals plus three for me. Give me a full field goal against that Broncos team. I really do love that a ton. I think they win that game outright. If you want to follow Brad on the Twitter machine at Brad Allen NFL, you want to Steve, follow Stephen at Stephen Andrus one. You want to follow me at Matt Brown M two. Of course, everything we do is absolutely free. So head over to the YouTube channel as well. Hit that subscribe button. We're actually going to do a big giveaway next week as well to uh, celebrate you guys supporting us all year long over there on the channel. So all you got to do is be a subscriber to be automatically entered in that. And then join us in the discord. We, uh, we have some pretty good conversations in there. And certainly, uh, as the sports continue to expand in there, you know, if you're a golf, if you're more of a golf guy, you're more of an NBA guy, you're more of whatever, we're going to have channels for all that stuff as well. So be sure and come over and chit chat with us over there for Brad, for Steven. I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. 